Hello, and welcome to Here's a Thing with Robbie and Jose, where we explore relationships through a male and female perspective. With me, as always, is the lovely Robbie. Hello, Jose. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. <laughs> I'm excited of our Love is Blind Dallas editions. Is love blind? I don't know. I keep I on know. thinking about it. I don't know. Um, but Dallas people, not so much. I don't know. <laughs> Dallas people look. <laughs> We're all about the looks over here, man. We need Ain't no blind to un, none of that. Nope. <laughs> again, I'm going to say this again. I think if they did an older version, I think it would be a much different, yeah. a much different show. But young people, what do they know? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to get a bunch of young people. They know everything. No, but you know, it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting concept. And I think, yeah, if people have the fortitude to move forward, I think love is to a certain point blind, mm. but I just don't know, man. I don't know. You know, it's weird. I was talking to somebody about the show and they were saying that there's a term here in Dallas where people say, don't become Dallas. Mm-hmm. And that basically just means you're trying to live in the hype, right? And this person was saying that a lot of the characters on here seem like they're all trying to you know, it's more about getting Instagram followers and like, you know what I mean? Like it's that pretending of look at me, I'm so rich, but then like they have tons of debt. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we're all trying to be Dallas. Yeah. Well, everybody's trying to be a, back in the day it was a reality star. Well, it just doesn't feel like season one and two, it they didn't feel the same. It felt a little bit more genuine. I don't mm. know. It's a vibe or something. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong. I mean, Dallas Dallas can be that way. I think people are, are like that in general. What what I'm noticing is that it seems to be more young people are like that. Yeah. There's something that happens. Um, like I think if you get married early on when you're young, because you made that commitment and you're in a marriage, mm-hmm. you tend to kind of stick it through a little bit more. Whereas if you get into your 20s and you're not married, mm-hmm. there's just so many different options out there. Yeah. I mean, even so, I think Cole was saying this in the first episode. He was talking about how, oh, when you're in high school, there's just a whole bunch of girls everywhere. Like, oh, take yeah. your pick. <laughs> and then you go to college, and the same thing is like, take your pick. They're all yeah. over the place. They're just running wild. And then you get out of college, and it's like, where did everybody go? Yeah. He's <laughs> trying like, to talk to somebody in the toilet paper <laughs> aisle or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he was like, I chatted her up, but I'm never going to see her yeah. again and all this other stuff. What do and, you wipe your butt with? But, but, that's, but see, my point being is that, yeah, that's that's why uh, a lot of times during, let's say, high school and, and college, you kind of weed them out and then you find somebody, hopefully, that you want to, you know, after you've dated a while, whatever. Once you get out of that, yeah, it's absolutely sorry. Welcome to the real world. It's hard because now everybody's out and really the only other place to meet somebody if you're not going to bars or whatever, is um, like at work, yeah. So, or the dating apps, but you know, you know how the dating apps are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it has their things. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel differently. I think that maybe it's just because I'm older too, and and I've never been married. But I feel like getting married when you're older is better because you know who you are more rather than getting married when you're really young. To your point of like there's too many options and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You, If you marry someone right out of high school, you may try to stick it out. But there's so much growing that people do in that pivotal time from like 18 to like 30. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think people should wait. <laughs> Find out who you are first. <laughs> Find out what you like. 
<laughs> Is that what they should do? They should wait? I mean, that's the Robbie approach. <laughs> well, you know, and I'll say this much. I'll say um, there's a, and this is a good segue, right? Because I'm trying to think of, uh, I have I have the notes here uh, a second ago. So where we left off in the previous was uh, Andrew. Mm-hmm was proposing to Nancy, mm-hmm. right? So he proposed to her. So just a little bit of, go back just a tad bit. Andrew, we need to talk about Andrew a little bit. <laughs> because Andrew is coming off as this suave, debonair kind of dude, mm. right? Like he's traveled the world and, you know, he's sipping on wine. Like He's like posing, but no one can see him. <laughs> well, there's a camera on him. Well, he knows I mean, that. but it's weird. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> no, but that, just at that point, he is being super cool. He's holding cool. the glass like this. He's like, yeah, he's cupping it, mm-hmm. like for real, for real, cupping yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, you know, he also talks about um, he. There was a guy that he quoted, um, Alan de Botton, is apparently. I guess he's French. I guess I don't know. Okay. I don't know what de Botton means, or I know what it means. But anyways. So they were, and I looked the guy up, by the way, and mm-hmm. to just kind of see what he was talking about. He does talk about relationships and he does talk about um, the one, that, the clip that I saw, and I don't know all of his work, but the clip that I did see, he was talking about how romance is somewhat of a new concept. Because mm. before people, there wasn't romance. Right. People just got married for, for you know, to um, secure their um that's their financials, mm-hmm. right? So it was two families. And back then, before there was money, they would give each other goats and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, I'll give you this bag of rice and you'll have yeah, my first daughter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or whatever the case. But it was, a, it was a, a beneficial thing for the family to keep the wealth going, let's say. Mm-hmm. So you would marry them into more wealthy people and then you established a class and that's how the wealthy people stayed wealthy is they, mm-hmm. they just exchanged those sorts of things. But the notion of romance really wasn't part of the deal. Right. Like you're just going to marry this person and you guys are going to, and this is because I know when you say that you're like, oh, it was bad for the women, but it's like, it's bad for the guys too. Cause it's like, look, you're going to marry this person, whether you want to or not, <laughs> we've already made arrangements for you to marry this person. So you're going to marry them and that's it. If you, um, let's say tolerate them or whatever, that's on you. If you do happen to fall in love, which, you know, hopefully they did, then great, good for you. But just so you know, you're not getting out of this, like you're staying there and you're going to continue having. So the the whole concept of romance is somewhat of a new thing. And even in, to Andrew's point, because he did quote and he said something along the lines that compatibility is not a prerequisite mm-hmm. for relationships, which was a bit of an, and again, he's quoting this guy, Alan de Botton. Sorry, I like, I like, I like to say, if I had a name like that, I would always, I would never just say my first name. I would say my last name. Too. My name is Jose de Botton. <laughs> I would never stop saying that. And I would never, ever just use my first name. But anyways, uh, the point being is that, yeah, you already know that nobody's going to uh, be your perfect whatever. Right. There's no such thing. Mm-hmm. I think people have figured that out now. Right. And even if you do find somebody that you fall in love with and you um, you click with and that you whatever, to say that they are the perfect match for you is not, not right. correct. They're going to have their faults. It's like how much can you put up with? Right, exactly. Yeah. And and I'm sure even in the most wonderful of relationships, if you were to ask one of them, like, what would you change? Not not if anybody was listening, <laughs> but it's just like a one-on-one, like, what yeah. would you change about? And it was like, well, I would change X, Y, Z, right? Yeah, or, let me get out my list. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be anything. But it's interesting because... 
and I, you know, we were talking about this earlier is that if you genuinely want to make it work, there is that compromise. Mm -hmm. You do have to kind of take away yourself a little bit. Yeah. And now you're like, you're part of a union. I'm committing to you. They're committing to me. And if we're both on the same page, you have a chance at the the romance part because yeah. it's like, okay, I'm doing things to make my partner happy. And then my partner is doing things to try to make me happy. And over time, if you do that enough, yeah, you, you can weather any kind of storm. Mm. But it's only, in, and this is just my observation, <laughs> couples tend to go wrong whenever they, one of them starts feeling neglected yeah. and be like, oh, well, they're not... They're not paying attention to me anymore. Yeah. Or I'm not getting fulfilled out of this relationship because of blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, get it. So one, when one person is misaligned like that, but I think if they both have the same attitude of like, hey, I'm going to give you everything I got and I'm going to devote my life to making you happy. And the other person says, I'm going to devote my life to making you happy. How can you go wrong? I hear that a lot with my male friends. It's usually when their wives become mothers because then it's they care about the kids more than the husband. Yeah. And so the husbands will feel neglected at that point because it's like, you know, before kids, it's like my husband's my everything. Now it's like, well, my baby is my everything. And then the guy's like, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? And I will say this. Um Yes, right. So I think that does happen. I think if the if the dad took the same approach and focused on the kids a little bit, it yeah. would it would make sense, right? What I will say in the dating world now, mm -hmm. me being 46, when I read a profile, and don't get me wrong, I understand it. I'm not not saying this is bad, but when I read a profile and they say my kids are my world, they're going to come first no matter what. Mm -hmm. Cool. So they're telling you right off the bat, you will never be their number one. And there's not a lot of room for you in that equation. I mean, you see what I'm saying? As yeah. a guy, when I read that, yeah. I get that you're a mother, but and I'm a father too, mm -hmm. but eventually my children will grow up and leave. Yeah. And then they can't be my world anymore. I know. So I, once they're in their 20s and 30s and they have their own families, I can't be like, well, I'm going to forsake my partner because I'm going to be with them. Yeah. But whatever my kids want, that comes first. Sorry, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And that's... That's kind of the issue. And I think even couples that do stay together, whenever one person is, again, they're all about the kids and they're like, hey, no, no, no matter what. Yeah, the husband's going to be like, wait a minute, you committed to me. Yeah. I committed to you. And I get that we have children, we have a responsibility to raise them, and, and but you made a commitment to me. So it, it gets kind of dicey, but yeah. I'm telling you, whenever I read that, usually I'm like, okay, where does that put me? Yeah. Like I'm already going into the situation knowing I'm second, third, or even fourth best. Yeah, That's which is also scary because I do have some female friends where, you know, they've been divorced and things and, you know, they're, it's the same thing. Their kids are their everything. And I'm not saying you have to be with someone, but when to your point, when they're grown, what are you going to do then? Because now you've been out of the dating game by choice for like 20 years. And now and then you're going to be scrambling. You're going to be lonely. Well, okay, some no, women, I get it. Yeah. I'm just... I'm not saying you can't be fulfilled without a husband, but like you can't, the kids can't be everything. Right. Well, I'll say this much. I'll, I'll just put it to you this way. Again, being a single dad, the kids can be first. Right. But then I'm not going to date. Right. Right. Because, or like what they do is they just put it out there for everybody to see like, hey, they're my number one. Just so you know, you coming into this, at best you'll be number two. And that's at 
the most best. It's such a hard thing because like if you traditionally, if you're married, you have kids, if both of you guys are on the same page of like, okay, our marriage comes first and then the children, if you both agree, it can work. But if you're divorced and you're dating to your point, how do you have that balance? Because those kids are not your blood and you may have kids, right? So it's like having that blended family I feel like it would be harder for you and a girlfriend to be on the same page of like, no, our relationship comes first. Because it really, I mean. That's what I'm saying. So for me, when I, I, I started dating, um, when my kids got older, then I was like, okay, it's a little easier for me to date now. Yeah. Because yes, they do take, and I, it's not that I'm saying that they were my world or not my world. Mm -hmm. That's not the point. The point that I that I have is I have a responsibility to my children. Yeah. So and I do love them. Yeah. But I have a responsibility to take care of them, to feed them, to clothe them, to be there emotionally, to to help them become better people and hopefully functional um, individuals in society. So these are the responsibilities that I have, and right. that I take my responsibilities seriously. But there is a limit to that, right? Or not a limit, but there is a uh, time frame. Right. So at a certain point, they're going to become adults and I have no control over right. what they do. Yeah, <laughs> like, and it's just getting it's easier done. as they yeah. get older. They need less of yeah. you. Yeah. So, and then at that point, I can focus more, yeah. right, on my relationships and do those sorts of things. So I get it. It's it's a, it's a tight spot. But from a, I, I, and I don't know, maybe women can write in and tell me <laughs> if there are any situations where the guy puts that on their profile. Let's mm. just say, let's just say for the sake of argument, it's not his kids. What if he has a mother and she's sick and he's like, hey, my mom's first and she's always going to be first. Oh, mama's boy. <laughs> well, there you go. See, <laughs> see, that's what I'm saying. That's the judgment. Yeah. So we will get judged for that and be like, mm -mm, I ain't going to be with him if he's going to be a mama's boy or mm -mm, if you don't have time for me, I'm out. But again, the reverse, it, it doesn't apply. I agree with you. And maybe I can't say for sure because I'm not a mother, but I would feel the same way. It's like, yeah, your kids should be you know, important, you take care of blah, blah, blah. But if I'm looking for a spouse, if I'm on the dating website and that's my goal, I mean, come on. But like, on there, man, they're, the kids come first. Don't That's first and foremost. They'll start out I don't out think I them. would put that on my pro. Even if I love being a mom and things like that, I'm still, I'm looking for, if I'm looking for a husband, yeah. I'm looking for a partner, then... Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, you know, some of them, they'll go and be very specific. If you're not six foot two, if you don't have blue eyes, mm. um, don't even bother applying. It's well, like, it's just hey. like the difference between men and women when that, that old saying of like, if you had a chance to save your wife or your child, the guy is going to save his wife. The wife would save the child. In a nutshell, it's that same thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> Look, Jack didn't get on that on that door, and he could have the Titanic. He oh. could have got on that door, and Leonardo DiCaprio gets asked that question I'm a just lot. For men, he could have fit on that door. Yeah, he could. She, she was scooched, being stingy. She could have scooched over just a little bit, and he—it's a door for crying out loud. I would never, even if, <laughs> yeah, even if I wasn't that. in a relationship with Jack, I would still to let somebody—you <laughs> see them freezing to death. And there's room on this door. Why would I, anyone, if it could be a stranger holding onto the door, I'd be like, dude, get up on here. Like, we'll make it work. How could you watch that? Like you said, man. <laughs> Sorry. Mm. At the end of the day, if it's between you and me, it's going to be you, I yeah. guess. <laughs> it's not going to work. But I but, think that's why guys don't have that on their pro. If they do, you can let us know. But like, no, I we, don't. We, we know better. We, I'm telling you, the, the, the guys that have been around that have learned hard lessons, mm. no, just be quiet. Don't say anything. <laughs> it's seriously, 
it makes your life a lot easier when you don't say anything. It really does. It really does. Because, yeah. you know, again, to that point, the the whole, and, you know, we were talking about it in the previous episode, um, and the Love is Blind, talking about vulnerability, is again, when you're being vulnerable or you're even, and vulnerable doesn't mean that you're sharing necessarily a traumatic event. Right. It could be that you're sharing your viewpoints, mm-hmm. your thoughts on things, your opinions. Mm-hmm. The moment you get critiqued for those and, told, and, be, and and they tell you that the way you're thinking is wrong, that's a wrap. Mm-hmm. You don't say anymore. That's, 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 or if they're not listening, like we saw <laughs> Martise and, and Raven when she was doing her jumping jacks, when people aren't listening, you yeah. need to stop. Because it, because it at that point it's it's pointless for you to Do talk you think anymore. That those people just don't have that social cue of like that you have to be engaged when you're in the conversation. Uh, the pods aside, I'm just saying normally, let's say you go on a first date, you can tell if someone's engaging with you, yeah, or if they're like looking around. But like, is do you think that they don't know? that that's a social norm that you should do or they just, they know it, but they don't care. I think this is what I think it is, right? Because it is a, a social uh, skill that you develop. Right. However, because you can develop it and still, so this is, this is where I'm coming from. Sorry. Let me, let me gain my, uh, collect my thoughts. People in general are more focused on themselves. Mm-hmm. They just, what do I look like? Do I look right? Do I have the right shirt on? Am I? Do I look fat in this? Do I look skinny? Do I look <laughs> stupid? Do I look dorky? Um, how am I coming off? You know, is 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 my face clear? Do I have a booger hanging out? Like all these thoughts is what they're worried about, right? And then they're also most of the time focusing on all their insecure. I mean, not not just their insecurities, but also their worst fears. Mm-hmm. And you see that on the show because they're always talking about well, what's going to happen if they don't like me or what if uh, what if you get sick of me or because you hear that a lot. And you're like, well, what if you get tired of me? And, you know, you try to reassure them. I'll never get tired of you, baby. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to always. But but my point being is that they're more focused on on themselves. Mm-hmm. What And so you can develop social cues by by listening to folks and being engaged and you can learn that, but that still doesn't change the fact that you're still focused on you. Now, what I've learned, and this is a lot uh, better for me, is I'm more interested in you because I, I really do think people in general are very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like asking questions. I like yeah. to hear about stuff. I like to hear about their past. I like yeah. to hear about everything. And like you were, you know, we were talking before, you only need to scratch the surface a little bit before it all just comes pouring out. Honestly, for me, like my experience is like, I can just, if I'm just gazing in your eyes, you'll just start talking. You won't like, you know what I mean? I'm like that on a day. Like when I, I usually am asking the questions I usually observe and things like that, but I'm just like, I'll may say something and I'll just stare into your eyes and then you'll, you'll just tell me everything. All of your secrets. secrets. I'm telling you guys do that all the time too. So, yeah. and especially if the people are, you know, very into themselves for one reason or the other, they'll tell you everything that you need to know about them. But like I said, people in general are pretty interesting. Like, and some of the stuff is like the stuff that I hear on first dates and stuff like that. It's, it's uh, pretty, pretty interesting. Would you think it'd be a red flag if you were on a date and they weren't that into themselves, but they, it's not that they were trying to not open up, but they were kind of like being very private would you look at that as a red flag or it's just more of like, oh, well, they need to get comfortable with me first? Like, how would you view that? Yeah, I think it, it depends, right? I think uh, if you ask the right questions, right, I think it'll come out, which 
which you know we're going to talk about a little bit further with SK and Raven. Mm-hmm. That's a perfect example there. But but we'll 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 kind of segue into that in a little bit. But if we could go back to just Andrew real quick, right? So Andrew is this debonair. <laughs> he's really coming off as like this travel guy. He's been to exotic places. I've been to this place. I've been to that place. Um, I once stayed at a place. I think he was talking about France or something. He had a good budget, so he was worried. He was driving around a different sports car every weekend or mm-hmm. whatever. And so, you know, and again, he's drinking, like you said, the wine. He had the, that shirt, though. Oh, the short sleeve with the vest? Yes. <laughs> what was Because I thought about that. Is that a new thing? Because I've never seen that. I mean, I was kind of kind of digging it. If I, I have seen it before, and Andrew looked very good in it because he's very fit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if it would look the same if you were. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but like, I don't, I mean... <laughs> He has very nice arms, and I was like, "Yeah, I mean, he's, he seems to keep himself in shape for yeah. sure." You don't see, and that's my only complaint on on anything because you do see different sizes on the women's side, not so much on the guy side. They're usually all pretty fit. Every single one of well, them have been have pretty fit. Well, guys have more muscles than women anyway. Yeah, so fair you enough. Guys are gonna but be... for those guys with the di- with the dad bods, come on. Yeah, but you can go on a diet and lose ten pounds in like fair, a week, and I'm enough. like struggling fair to enough, lose a pound in three months. I'm just saying, just the feedback to the Netflix folks. Like, come on, guys, don't look like that all the time. Yeah, there I, are us that work for a living that have a lot of stuff that we don't always get to go to the gym all the time. Well, I said it before with I like that they had a um, a full figured woman on here, but I I feel like I'm the same way as like I kind of want to see more normal people like that you would really see on and the none dating of them are net. Normal. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 nevertheless like I said I but yeah you know he's he seems to be more refined worldly and all that stuff right mm. however and this is where you have to really read the room cuz he was really cuz in this episode he starts out by proposing to Nancy and Nancy turns him down. Mm. And the reason she turns him down, and she had talked about it, I think, in the previous episode, if not this one, was her concern over the fact that he does travel a lot. Yeah. He does do a bunch of different things and, like, just jet sets everywhere. And it's like, she's looking for a husband, somebody to stay at home right. all the time. That really, Andrew doesn't give that vibe off. Yeah. we, You and I touched on that on episode one where I was saying that if I heard that whole speech, that would be a red flag for me because I want my partner to be here. That's not an attractive quality for me that's like, yeah, I'm never really home. I mean, <laughs> I don't, some people may like it. I get why, but like, I don't know. Nancy but, is the same way. Well, and and so after she says no, mm-hmm. that's where things got really interesting <laughs> for Andrew because Andrew's sitting there by himself and they're interviewing him and he's like, um, are we rolling? And they're like, yeah. And he's like, okay, hold on. And he gets out the visine or yeah. something, some eye drops and he puts it up in his eyes, but they, they're not watering it up, up enough or whatever. Uh-huh. So he's like, well, hold on, let me get some more. So he puts more visine. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, all right, ask me the question again. He's like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm you know, I'm disappointed. I'm, I never thought anybody would make me cry. I was talking to a friend about this and they were like, what if his eyes really were dry? I was like, let me tell you. He was crying. He's supposed to be you, crying. <laughs> but I'm saying like, he was like, well, what if it was, they were just dry? And I said, look, if you put eye drops in your eyes, you're not going to let it stream down your face and stay there. You're right. going to immediately wipe it. He had right. it streaming and left it there yeah. the whole time. And then he said that they made him cry. Yeah. Which was, that was clearly a lie. And trust me, let me tell creepy. you, just tell you something. <laughs> 
I have cried in my eyes. I get I get chronic dry eye. Just FYI. Oh, so you're the visine guy? No, but I'm just saying I get chronic uh, uh, dry eye, mm-hmm. and I, when I cry, I cry. Mm-hmm. Tears are gonna come out. It's not like you. I can't help it. It's not like I'm crying and no tears are coming out. Yeah. It's gonna come out. It's a biological thing. <laughs> Sorry. So my point being is, even if he did suffer from dry, he, if he was genuinely teared up and crying, you would have saw it. Yeah. But again, it, the camera caught everything and they didn't they didn't edit at all. I'm assuming they did that by design. I want to know more about that because that seems very strange. Because he it's said, not strange. It's, he said, are you rolling? And they said yes. And then he still did it. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. I, don't, he, oh, I mean, obviously it was fake. That's, yeah. how, that's the only way to take it. He was trying to do it for the camera, for the effects to feel. And whether or not he was devastated, again, it was a bad look. Yeah, it was a bad because it, even if you do suffer from chronic eyes, which I do, whenever I go out, before I go out, I'll I'll use my eye drops. And you're not letting the eye drops stay on your face. That's all I'm saying. No, <laughs> heck no. I always wipe my yeah because I don't want to look like I'm crying. <laughs> unless well, crying again. Unless I was trying to uh, give off the effect that I was crying mm-hmm. when I really wasn't. But yeah. anyways, that was really crappy of him to do. Uh, again, I, I would assume that that sort of guy that refined would impress some girls. Mm. and But I think in this case, the only reason why it failed is because the people on this show have an agenda of getting married. Yeah. But if you were dating, right, and he was a guy that you were dating and you just were out having fun, yeah. you saw him, you swiped on Tinder, whatever, mm-hmm. all of that would probably impress you and he would you know, probably get lucky that night. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it's like, I'm not looking for a husband, I'm just looking for a date yeah. tonight, right? So, And I like the way your arms look in that shirt. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> and as dad bods, uh, we just have to go someplace else with that because nobody wants to hear about us. It may look good. I don't know. Up. I got to see. Next time you come over, you wear a shirt with a vest. Let's see. I don't <laughs> no, know. No, it's not that, but it's just, again, that's more interesting. So I get it. It's very appealing. You mm-hmm. know, like the, the, and I'm speaking up for the, for the dads out there and for the guys that like have responsibility. Yeah, we might not be as refined or whatever. We go to work, we take care of the kids, we pay the bills, you know, we make sure that all your responsibilities, that's not very sexy, right? Like you want to hear, he has that voice. I disagree. I think that is very sexy. Trust me, when you're competing against that, you're, you're, you're mm. not going to win. It's, it's as simple as that. And that's, but that's unfortunate, but that's the way it is. It is, I mean, what are you going to do? You know yeah. what I'm saying? It's worse when you're young because then you're like way more superficial and it's oh, going to mean more to you. And they can't help it. You know, it, like, well, there's this whole, uh, you know, with the whole phone thing and the way it's propelled. It used to be like that always, right? But now it's, I think it's gotten worse. Because before is whatever you saw on television. Yeah. That's what everybody was trying to emulate. And so now there's just so much media that you get yeah. and it's all about looks. The, mm-hmm. the whole filter thing, again, I, it threw me off because I was like, wait a minute, filters? Like <laughs> it used to be just makeup that you had to worry yeah. about. Now it's filters and everything else that just gives a different, you can't, li- you don't live in filters. Why would you use a filter? And if you're doing like <laughs> bunny ears, I mm-hmm. get it. If you're looking like a cat, okay, fine, yeah. I get it. <laughs> Exactly. (laughs) But when you put those filters on and it makes it look like that's how you look on the regular, Mm. and then I see you for the first time, it's like, wait a minute, what? It's not, huh? Yeah, I I don't so much. Okay. I don't have so much of a bad feeling about the filters for the face. Like if you're kind of blurring something a little bit, but it's the ones where they like shape their whole body differently. That's the part that's really weird because here's the thing. 
they do that because they want to get the likes, right? That makes them feel good. But you know that you have totally morphed your body into something that doesn't look like you at all. Mm -hmm. How can that still give you the same satisfaction? Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's a good question. I, I will say this. I like to watch movies. I like to watch films. And you'll see that sometimes with certain actors and, and you know, different camera angles. So they, mm -hmm. this is not new. Right. They've been doing it before where... Um, let's say short actors, they'll mm -hmm. put the camera at the very bottom. Or so put them on a box. <laughs> well, they'll put them on a box, but they'll, they'll actually, the camera angle will be facing upward. Yeah. So it gives the illusion or like if, especially if there's like one actor that's taller than the other uh -huh. and they have a problem with that, they'll like one, he'll be further away from the camera and then the shorter guy will be closer and it mm -hmm. gives the impression that, that they're like <laughs> the same size. Right. <laughs> because again, nobody wants to come off as short. So that's, that's not new, but it's just an angle but now it's taken into a whole other. Yeah, I wonder if before the internet, how tall people thought like Tom Cruise was. Yeah, like, or you know Al Pacino I mean? or any yeah. of them. Man. They're like, yeah, because they're playing this type of character that's like... Um, like almost six foot tall. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the Jack Reacher. Uh-huh. So in the book, he's like six foot three. Mm. And Tom Cruise is not six foot three. So there was some controversy there because they're like, well, the character is supposed to be this big giant guy. And he's yeah. like... I'm Tom Cruise. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> I'm staying on Actually, this Actually, they, they, they have a show on there. I think it's on Prime, but uh, they have a show. And the, the guy that plays Jack, he's more proportionate to what yeah. the book is. He's a big, giant dude or whatever. Mm. But anyways, my, my, my point being is that those filters. But um, what are we talking about? We're talking about Martin. Oh, I, <laughs> no, we're talking about Andrew and Nancy, yeah, right? Uh, so <laughs> he says no, he lies or he puts a visine, he has the tears, whatever. <laughs> and then so we go on to the to the next one, which is Bartisa and Nancy. Um, Bartiz proposes to her. They say yes. So great. Good for them. <laughs> they meet for the first time. That Again, same old story. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, she's great. And, mm, look know, at her boobs. <laughs> I didn't want to say that. <laughs> I'll say it. <laughs> but you know what? I will say this about Nancy. She is very um, bubbly, mm -hmm. if that's if that's the yes. word. She's very bubbly because she was doing that weird dance yeah. afterwards. That was weird. Yeah. And, but it was cute. It was yeah. cute. She was clearly she was excited. Yeah. Um, she was flustered because she was all like, I'm sweaty, I'm mm -hmm. sweaty and stuff like that. Because she saw Barty just like, whoa, <laughs> look at what I got. <laughs> I'll be sweating too, but like, whoa. <laughs> Well, okay, good. Good for you. <laughs> I don't know that I'd be sweating if I saw Bartiz, but anyways, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, yeah, he's a good looking guy. So are all the dudes. Again, that's that's my whole thing is I want to yeah. see a normal looking dude. That's what I want to see. I want to see a normal looking dude. I think, dude. in my opinion, Matt is more normal looking. <sighs> I know he's still very fit, but he still looks a lot more normal like what you would see. So here's my only problem, because this is filmed in Dallas, right? Uh -huh. Or, well, I don't know about the... Oh. Isn't this episode think, in Dallas? I think that they film because they... Uh, I'm trying to think where they go to the honeymoons afterwards. Yeah, they go to different places. For I know, but do you think but that they film the first part, the pods? Because when they have to move, whatever the pods are in the studio... Wouldn't they have to like move that around to different cities? Yeah, no, they probably do the pods. But the point being is that the sample population is from Dallas, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. So me being Mexican, there's not a lot of Mexican guys on there. I don't even know of one. So it's not very proportionate. So that's my only gripe yeah. there is I would have loved to have seen more diversity as far as that goes. Because it's like, all right, they've done it in Chicago. Great. I forgot the original one. It might have been in California, which again, a lot of Hispanics oh, in I California. Oh, it was Atlanta or something. Well, maybe it was Atlanta. Okay, fair enough. But Dallas, come on. 
Yeah. Like, For you know anyone what I'm who doesn't know anything about Texas, there is a lot of Hispanics it, here. It, we're and, all over the place. Yeah. And, 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 but that's what I'm saying. So it's just like you don't see any of that. So for me, I just kind of felt a little disappointed. I was like, oh, okay, cool. I agree. Like, where are the vatos at? You know what I'm saying? Where the essays at? You know what I'm saying? Because that would have been a different conversation. <laughs> I would have been like, what's up, baby? (laughs) And even for the women, wasn't Nancy the only Hispanic woman? Talking. That's what I'm saying. I'm I'm having a hard time with that because I don't know where they went to get these people, but I don't even know if they're originally from Dallas. But all I do know is that Mm. they're underrepresented in this situation here. And I'm just trying to figure out why, right? Mm. It's like, all right, it's Dallas. So like, hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like if you did it in New York and you couldn't find a Yankees fan. It's like, come on, it's right. <laughs> how do you how do you not find a Yankees fan in in New York? Like right. that doesn't make any sense. But nevertheless, that's that's my critique on that. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> so I, I wish the dudes were a little more normal. And even then, uh, because again, you know, talking about SK mm-hmm. and Raven. So, you know, he continues uh, to compliment her, which, you know, and, and if you listen to the, <laughs> the last episode of Love is Blind, right, that's the secret. If you really want to get in with a woman, just listen to what they say. Just mm-hmm. listen, ask questions and make it about them. You're perfect. And <laughs> yes, you're amazing. You're wonderful. If you do that, I'm telling you, you'll it'll, they'll respond to that a lot better. Mm-hmm. But she meets SK for the first time and he proposes to her mm-hmm. and you could clearly see that she was not yeah. into that dude. Like you physically anyways, physically. Which is know, strange because she already knew, like you could kind of tell, I think she, I can't remember. She, someone alluded to the fact that he dresses really well and things like that. I think she kind of had a vision of SK. So it's like, why would you be that shocked? You know what I mean? I, I don't, don't I mean, cause you know, the he's whole, not, premise of the show is that love is blind. Yeah. I feel like, you know what they would really spice it up if they did this on the show? Sorry, because I'm over here. But if if after they met, if they were able to back out of it, if they told him and say, hey, okay, you met, um, or do you want to back out of it? Now's the time to back out of it. I think they can. They just, mean, no one's going to do that. Like, you mean if they didn't like them at all? Yes, they're like, if they looked at them and I said, think they mm, can this back isn't going to work. Because it, we saw it in season two where Shayna left Kyle in the middle of the season. That's what I'm talking to avoid that though. But if they saw each other in the pod, and then they went back, no one's and they gonna said, do that because they don't want to look that superficial. But but it, it, it comes off anyway. What if the doors open and then they they run away? They're like, <laughs> <laughs> like nope, close but, the doors back up. But here's here's my here's my only point, and this is the part that I'm I'm really having a hard time with. Right, there is more diversity, I would say, on the female side. I just don't see it on the male side. Yeah. They all seem to be pretty much blue eyes, blonde hair. I mean, like, you know what I mean? Like mm. that's except for Bartiz and obviously SK, mm-hmm. but even those guys are fit. And if all the 20 year olds out yeah, there are fit. Yeah, they were all fit. Yeah. If they're all fit and they all look like that, like, like Calvin Klein models. Okay, great. Yeah. If that's what the world looks like now, good for them. I want to see some dad bods on there. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you don't see a lot of that. Yeah. And, and so even... Somebody that's good looking like SK, she's mm-hmm. still kind of like, because mm, mm. <laughs> he's a good looking dude too. Yeah, I you know like SK. So like, SK is my favorite out of all the people. I mean, he seems the sweetest. Yeah, but, I, I like him. But she's not feeling him very no, much, and no. she didn't feel him very much at all. But she wants a Bartise in her life. She she does, which was what she was saying that she was trying to avoid in the first place. Because mm-hmm. she's like, I'm always gravitating towards the gym rats and the fit yeah. guys or whatever. But it sounds like, well, I mean, you just keep on doing the same thing. So yeah. you 
Like, what are you trying to accomplish here? Yeah. And, and I think this is where there is that disconnect, right? I think people identify in themselves shallow or quote unquote shallow things or things that society considers shallow. Mm -hmm. And then they feel ashamed about it. And I don't think you should feel shamed about it. If you have a preference, and this goes across the board, mm -hmm. by the way, I'm not just saying that only women can get away with it. Men should be able to get away with it too. When a woman says, yeah, mm, I don't, I'm not feeling him. Mm -hmm. Men should have the same thing. Like I'm not feeling her. Because yeah, you can't force attraction. You can't. But I think what ends up happening society wise, they get onto the dude hard. Like yeah. you can't be like that. You're such a shallow piece of, you know what I mean? <laughs> But for the girl, it's like, oh, it's okay. Because Don't worry about it. Because we're under the <laughs> assumption that guys are leading more with a sexual desire as opposed to women who are leading more with their heart and the mind. I think and all the that. rules have changed for that. That doesn't yeah. apply anymore. I think that used to be the case, but not no more. I think now it's it's very much equal across the across the board I don't know. on usually superficial when I, when I see couples it's usually the woman is way prettier than the guy like i i think we're st we still do that though yeah. as long as we have a little bit of attraction if you have a great personality that's going to make you so much more attractive mm. to women mm. men no mm. but we do. But no, because I'm telling you, SK has a great personality, but it doesn't change the fact that Raven's Oh, I'm not saying not, for like every scenario. Yeah, I'm just no, saying I don't, that... I don't think that's the case. I don't need to you. be with someone that looks like Bartiz. Like, yeah. I don't have to have that. I think you're the exception because... Okay. <laughs> and, and so you're the exception because I'm telling you, it's not like that in the real world anymore. It's very much... Women will tell you, I'm telling you, they will tell then you... Then why you do I see all these beautiful women with like average looking guys then? Like when I go out. Or you, next time take a picture and, and okay. it, or ask them, how did you meet? And, you know, what that was. And I will say this much too. It's different though, because a guy, aside from certain grooming things mm -hmm. like shaving and, you know, brushing your teeth and combing your hair, you're pretty much going to have the same guy. Yeah. You know, the, the other version of that guy is just messy hair, scruffly, mm -hmm. but it's the same dude with a woman. There's makeup, there's eyes, there's shadow, there's there's base, there's all the it's other. It's all about the base. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, so there's a lot of stuff going on there. Those so, makeup videos on Instagram terrify me. The ones where awesome. they're like. <laughs> I love it. I love it because it's just like, it's like almost like cosplay. It's awesome until it happens to you. <laughs> yeah, because they put on it quite a bit. Like yeah. they have on, like it's layer upon layer upon layer. So the point, you're unrecognizable. Right. And even he made a comment in here because Cole and Zainab uh -huh. were together. And when she took off her makeup, you could see her freckles. Yeah. But you know me about freckles. I love freckles. I think freckles are She cute. looked really cute though. She didn't yeah. look like a different person but, without. Well, but nevertheless, mm -hmm. and this is where, so this is again, women are very much, is it aud auditory? Like what you guys hear, uh -huh. so you guys are big about what you hear uh -huh. versus guys are pretty big about what you see, right? And and so here's my point. Cole made a major mistake because he, when she was taking off her, taking off her makeup and stuff, he had said something, oh, you look like a totally different person. He said it in laughing, he said it in passing, and he said it like he didn't, it was just a random thing that he said. And for a guy, that's what we need. But I know better because I'm 46. So as soon as I heard that, I was like, dude, you just messed up. And oh. you don't even know you messed up. But that's my my whole point. You guys listen to those little things. She couldn't let it go because mm -hmm. even afterwards, she's like, you really think I'm? And it's like, oh. Mm. So again. Guys, don't play around when you're talking about your woman, how she looks. But see, that's, <laughs> that's my point is that 
you guys are more on that level mm. to hear things. So you want to hear sweet things and lovely things. Mm. And I know we've had this conversation. You're like, oh, that wouldn't work on me. But it does. It works on every woman because that's the way you're built. You want to hear I said sweet. I don't want to hear sweet things? That doesn't yeah, sound well, like no, me. No, you're saying like, oh, well, even if they told me, I would I would be able to look past all that and it was all nonsense. And it's just like, yeah, but not really because women are built in such a way that just like men and even me, like I would say, oh, no, I'd love a woman for the way she is personally. But even I have my my looks and what I like and what I don't like. Right. So you're built a certain way and women and men are just built differently, you mm-hmm. know, where you guys really pay attention to the words mm-hmm. that a guy says and a guy just really pays attention to the looks aspect. Yeah. And that's where the two disconnects, which is why women wear makeup mm-hmm. and guys lie. It's the same, it's the thing, same too. thing though. Like if in a, if you're in an abusive relationship, a lot of women will say that verbal abuse sometimes can be way worse. Oh yeah. Because it, that doesn't like well, I'm not going to say like wounds heal and everything, but she's going to now have a get up about that mm-hmm. of like not wanting not being comfortable without makeup. Mm-hmm. There's a Simpson episode about that. And I try to tell you where Marge says something to Lisa Simpson. He's, she uh. says something like, because she had gained a little weight. Oh. And she says, oh, you're my little chunky, chunky girl or something. Why and would she, anyone say that? It was just the mother. <laughs> she was just trying to be cute. You know, she's Marge Simpson. She's just like, oh, my little chunky girl or whatever. She heard that and took it for, like, it just echoed in her brain over and over mm. and over and over. And like, she couldn't get it out of her brain. After mm. that, like, they went clothes shopping and she was getting all upset about it like Lisa didn't want to anyways my point being is that that's how you guys are built Mm -hmm. and if you're a a dude and you know this Mm -hmm. this is the pitfall that you need to avoid yeah don't do that Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but it was interesting right staying on Cole and um Cole and Zainab Mm -hmm. and I found this interesting because um and we talked about earlier but Zainab when they were out there in the pool and it was weird because Cole was like, I don't want to talk about boring conversations. Mm-hmm. Having, I forgot what they were talking about. He was like, let's talk about something else. Mm-hmm. And so he's being real playful, blah, blah, blah. And then afterwards, they're going back into the room and she says something along. It was just by herself. And she's like, yeah, you know, I try not to worry about the outcome. I just kind of, whenever you worry about the outcome, you can get disappointed, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. And it's like, just kind of go with the flow, mm-hmm. right? Which was wonderful advice. <laughs> The best advice that you can have. Unfortunately, she didn't take her own advice, mm. right? So the next morning, so apparently they have a really great love life. Apparently, mm-hmm. like it was, they get they get down. But the next day, I guess he got up, really didn't say much. He jumped out of bed, started doing stuff or whatever, mm-hmm. and she was feeling a certain kind of way about it. Yeah, which was interesting because she goes on to say, "Well, yeah, you kind of expect that the next day after the first night of being intimate, that you were gonna." lay in bed and have these pillow talks and all this Mm -hmm. stuff. But it was that same thing that she said she had not to make expectations Mm. (laughs) because you're going to get disappointed. And she did the exact same thing. She made expectations of what the next day was going to be like. She was sadly disappointed. And then she starts taking it out on him and he doesn't know any better. He's Mm -hmm. like, I don't know what's going on. In the shower. Yeah, yeah, trying to be playful and stuff. And she's like, "Mm -hmm, I got it. I was like, oh, I guess the honeymoon's over. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing with like, you know, when we say that we want something, but when we get it or whatever, but like we can't help it. You know what I mean? Like we want something 
we say we don't want to, we don't have an expectation going into any relationship. Mm -hmm. I feel like we all feel that way, but we're going to have that expectation. You can't help it. Humans can't help it. They, they, they have to feel there's something about uncertainty that people dislike. Yeah. They really do, which is why we have philosophy, which is why we have science, why is why we have religion. It's ba- all of those things mm-hmm. is people's attempt at trying to figure out what the world we is. We want the answers. Yeah. I want to know what's going on. And so they 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 branch out. It's 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 instead of just living and saying, "Okay, let's just live and see what happens." <laughs> They're like, no, no, I need to know why. I need to know why this is this way and why that is that way and why all this other stuff. I hate watching cold case files. Like I want to, <laughs> like, I love watching like murder documentary, all that kind of stuff. But if you're not going to tell me who the killer is, I'm not in it. <laughs> like, nope. <laughs> I want to know. So you like whodunits? Because on whodunits, they're usually like Scooby-Doo. They used to always have somebody. Oh, like red herrings and stuff? No, no, no. You just, you'd like to see at the end the conclusion of who oh, actually yeah. was, was doing. Yeah, if I'm going to put in stuff. that kind of time to watch it, like like Unsolved Mystery, all, all that stuff. Like I can't. I Because they're unsolved. Yeah, <laughs> they are. But I don't like that kind of stuff. They should start when it says solved mysteries and yeah. then you be in on that one. Some right? people like it. Like some people I talk to about that in particular, they're like, I like the not knowing because then they get to debate and think about and all the options. It's like. But here's the thing about that. And this is, this is the paradox as far as I'm concerned. Is people want to know what's going to happen. They want certainty, but there is no such thing. Mm-hmm. There is no way anybody can predict anything. Right. They just can't. You you just you can give you a probability. Mm-hmm. That's the best you can do, but you can't predict how any situation is going to work out. Yeah. So to think about it so much is pointless. It really is. But we as humans can't help ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> we we're just going to do it because that's just how we're built. And I think um, sometimes you can get in your own head, and especially if you start. And I've done this too, mind you. So I'm speaking from experience. But when you play out this scenario of what the future is going to look like, mm-hmm. and then it doesn't come to fruition. It's very painful yeah. and, and you can get really, really hurt because it's like, that's not what I envision my life to be. Right. And I think young people uh, or people that have never been married before have a vision of what married life is. is. And I think even people that don't have children have a vision of what kids are going to be like. It's never whatever you thought it was going to be. Right. Ever. <laughs> and it, it goes, it extends out to anything, whether it's a new job that you, that you got, a new city that you're going to be in. Anything that's new, that's the whole point. You don't know. Yeah. All, and and what's, what's weird is you're only referencing what you already have, which is not necessarily what the future is going to hold because your past doesn't really right. going to tell you what the future is. Anyways, I just thought that was very, very interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Zainab did the same mistake and she's trying to predict the future. Yeah. And she had an expectation of what it was supposed to look like and it doesn't look like that. And now she's upset. And it's like, hmm, I got you. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Welcome to the human race. So like that's 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 for everybody. But I will say, so, but they are doing it good because I mean they were having fun. Um, you know, Cole did mention the fact that they're having fun. Let's just say that. They're uh-huh. on their honeymoon, they're having fun. And then, you know, you see Matt and Colleen, they're having fun as well, mm-hmm. and that whole thing. But the one that I wanted to talk about was Bartice and Nancy. Mm. So, it's so, so, okay. So, and I've done this before too, because they were, I don't know if you remember, so they're in the tub 
and he's trying to, Bartisa's trying to make it sexy, right? Uh-huh. He's got the, the bath going on mm-hmm. and he's got the wine on and stuff. He's all shirtless and stuff. He's showing mm-hmm. off all his stuff. And then she walks in, she's in her one piece and mm-hmm. they both get into the tub, right? And he's trying to be all sensual and sexual and like trying to be. And then she goes on to start talking about the most unsexy stuff that you can talk about. She starts talking about poop and toilets and clogged up toilets. And you can clearly, and I've done this before. When the conversation goes that way, (laughs) like the most that you can do is just start kissing her because she's missing the point. They must have edited the beginning of that conversation because why would you bring that up? It happens. So Nancy has the other thing too. She has a nervous laugh. Mm -hmm. She has a very nervous laugh. And when she's nervous, she's, you know, giggling a lot Mm -hmm. or laughing out, whatever. And then with that same thing, because he's trying to be sensual, she's nervous about it, which is I think why she started talking about the poop and, (laughs) and the toilets and like clogged up toilets. But that is not sexy to a dude. And so, like I said, I've run into that before. And when the conversation goes the way uh-huh. you don't want it to go because you're trying to be, you know, uh-huh. like you're trying to get it in, so mm-hmm. to speak. You just have to, you have to switch it up. So either you change the conversation or you do what Bartiz does, which is basically go in for the kiss. And mm-hmm. let me just start kissing you so you can stop talking about <laughs> stuff that's going to make me. <laughs> She's like, this one time I clogged it up. It's, yeah. It's massive, it's, whatever. And she even said that it was weird. I can't remember if this episode of the previous one. We're, they were talking about if we're married, um, you know, when they're old, he's going to have to wipe her butt or something like that. And mm. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not going to do that. And she's like, yeah, you are. And it's like, maybe, but why do we need to talk about it? I feel like a, a wife would be more likely to wipe her husband's butt than the other way around. <laughs> I mean, you know. We're natural caretakers. So it's like, <laughs> But that's very, that's far into the future. Like far for them, especially because they're in their 20s and 30s. Yeah. You're talking about 40 years, 50 years into yeah, the future. Yeah, you ain't thinking about sex at that point. It's like, all right, get over here. Let me wipe you wanted to butt. kill the mood? That's the way to kill the <laughs> mood, man. But, but yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, again, sometimes, and I don't know if guys do it. Because sometimes I think guys can talk themselves out of a, a good situation. Too. Oh, yeah. They're like fart and laugh and then they want to have sex with you afterwards. And you're like, no, bro. That's not sexy. <laughs> first of all, first of all. I told you I had an ex that was very flatulent. So First of all, that's just disgusting. I'm sorry. That's mm-hmm. a no-go. That's a... No, that's absolutely a no-go. And I've, I've been in conversations where if they say something that kind of icks me out a little mm-hmm. bit, I'm like, no, I can't. I had a situation where one of my boyfriends was telling me all about their bowel movements all the time, like what they look like. And, and I was like, or whatever the situation. I was like, yuck. why are you telling me this? That's yucky. Just say you had stomach issues. We all know what that means. Don't don't be like, well, it was this consistency. <laughs> I think, I think, and this is what I think. I think there's, there's always, even if you've been married to somebody for a long time or been with somebody, doesn't need to be marriage. There has to be a little mystery. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. In, in that relationship, there has to be a little bit. Don't I'm not wrong. pooping with the door yeah, open. I'm not doing none of that. Don't, don't get me wrong. Like I, so, so I was married, and you know, uh, I was in the delivery room, which again. I feel like they should outlaw that. I don't know why they have the men go in there, but I was in there and I wanted to be supportive and um, and it was cool to see my kids being born. But the uh, the aftermath, mm-hmm. that is not a pretty sight. 
that is not a pretty sight. I've seen that. So, but she's my, at the time she was my wife and it was my kid. So I understand. So I didn't look at it in, in that way. I didn't look at it any different. Mm. But in situations like that where it's a medical thing or mm-hmm. something, like I get that. Yeah. But outside of that, yeah, like let's leave a little bit of mystery. Yeah. Or if they're like there. really sick and they can't help. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I totally get that. That wouldn't be, I wouldn't judge somebody for that. But if you're like trying to Dutch oven me and you're laughing and then <laughs> right horrible. after you want to get intimate. <sighs> that's just horrible. That's just horrible. <laughs> this is the stuff we have to put well, up Well, yeah, you shouldn't have to. I mean, that should have been a wrap <laughs> for you. I don't know because I, I, I most certainly would not. I, I, I would not. <laughs> Sorry, I would not. And if the conversation goes in such a way that it's making me lose uh, my my urge to be with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. I have to I have to stop at that point and be like, no, I'm sorry. So again, Bartiz does what, and I've done this before too. Mm-hmm. When they're just talking about stuff that's not sexy, and I'm trying to be trying to have my sexy time. Yeah. <laughs> but you're talking about the most non. I I think this happens not just in that. It even happens sometimes in uh, table conversations. I've had that mm. where you might be with other couples or in a group. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, the conversation starts going into the gross area of things. Uh-huh. And I'm like, let's, let's change the conversation. Right. Like, why are we talking about this? Right. And, you know, it could be like, oh, we were in New York one time. We saw a rat and he was eating a pizza. And all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, the rats are bad. And it's like, okay, stop. His name is Splinter. And he <laughs> yeah. likes pizza. There you go. He has four little <laughs> turtle kids. <laughs> they but all the, love pizza. Yeah. But the point being is like, okay, let's change that conversation. Right. right? I don't want to talk about that. And sometimes it happens like whether... You know, and every household is different, but if it's politics or whatever, but, but yeah, that happens. And sometimes it's like, this is inappropriate Mm -hmm. because we're eating and nobody wants to talk (laughs) about that while we're eating. So let's Mm -hmm. change it up. Let's talk about a movie or something funny or a trip or whatever. But there's so many other, I don't know why we tend to gravitate towards gross, but (laughs) maybe because it's not talked about as much, it's a little bit more taboo. I I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. I mean, even, even sometimes, uh. Uh, because I know you like the true crime thing. Mm-hmm. Even conversations about true crime, I stop because you're already talking about creepy stuff. Yeah. And it's like, I don't want to talk about creepy stuff. I'm trying to get one in, you know, like <laughs> you're over here talking about how he killed and did all this and wore her clothes and, yeah, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, it's, it's, it's bad. It's just, mm-hmm. let's just put it that way. But, um, but uh, Matt and Colleen, they seem to be doing pretty good. They're really digging each other. They're they're doing it well. I mean that that's coming along pretty good. SK and Raven mm-hmm. taking it kind of slow, mm-hmm. which again I don't think she's into him like that, or maybe that's just the way she is. But she, the intimacy is not there. It's not always a bad thing. I don't know what's going to happen for them, but I'm just no. I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Like for women, sometimes the uh, attraction comes a little bit later. Physically, so like I'm not going to rule it out that she just is not going to be into him at all, like sexually, because I don't know. It's like I don't I don't know if I would be intimate on the first night either, even if I was attracted to this person. If it was Bartiz, you would. Mm, <laughs> no don't comment. Me. <laughs> Dude, that, but that's that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. And this is the unfair part of of that, right? And I'm not saying it's right or wrong. It's just, I guess if you look at it from fair or unfair, maybe that's not even the right word. It's just an observation of humans. Yeah. That women, especially if they're super into the dude and he's attractive, 
he doesn't need to put a lot of effort into anything. He's still going to get mm-hmm. intimate with you. Mm-hmm. A guy that you're not into is going to have to do a whole lot of hoop jumping. Right. <laughs> <laughs> You'll get the same result, but you're going to put in the work. I mean, he's got to put in a lot of work. Yeah. He's going to jump through this hoop and jump through that hoop and jump through that and that and that. And then eventually he'll, you know, he'll get the intimacy if he hangs in there that long. Yeah. But again, that's that's the that's the way life is, unfortunately. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, let's not forget about Brennan and... Um, and Alexa, because mm-hmm. again, those are, you know, they're, what I like about the honeymoons is they are still kind of getting to know one another now, mm-hmm. especially in person. So they're having these uh, more serious conversations about, okay, what's going to happen when we go back to the real world and mm-hmm. are you ready for marriage? And, you know, it's like, well, you're already engaged. That's the other part. I don't know if that happens, uh, if that happens more frequently now. When I got engaged, I never stopped between the engagement and the marriage when we actually got married. I never stopped to ask her, do you still want to get married? Mm-hmm. I, she already said yes. So for me, <laughs> so I don't, and it seems like sometimes maybe I'm, I might be wrong about this because I haven't really like looked at it, but it seems to be the women that ask that question a lot. Yeah. Like, do you still want to marry me? It's like, well, for a guy, that's the most confusing question in the world. Well, maybe they're getting mixed signals. For a guy, that's the most confusing thing in the world. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It's like um, if I accept a job, <laughs> they're not going to call me and let's say I don't start for two weeks. They're not going to call me a week into it. Hey, you're still coming on board, right? You still want to be part of this, right? They don't do that. Like it's not once you accept it or I just don't see it. You're talking about emotions. That's totally different though. If, but if dude, the you guy, made a commitment though. But That's if the what I'm guy saying, is though. giving me mixed signals, I may ask for some clarification or to be reassured. If I'm but, if I'm feeling insecure about it for whatever reason, but I don't understand what mixed signals is because he already said yes. He already asked you and gave you put a ring on it. Mm-hmm. So why would you feel the need to ask that question again? Maybe it's their own insecurities. Maybe it's stuff from their past. I and mean, we all have the triggers. And well, that's what I'm saying. That's that right there mm-hmm. is it, it's very confusing to a man. It's very confusing. And if, if I'm you know, not for nothing, but. If I'm a dude and I've asked somebody to marry me and then she's asking me that, I'm going to take that as you're projecting. Mm. So that means you are having reservations about that, not me. Yeah, You are having reservations. So what's going on there? Now, again, these guys aren't <laughs> fine-tuned enough to figure that one out. Yeah. But if that was me and somebody were asking me after I'd already proposed to them and they're like, do you still want to marry me? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, okay, what's going on with you? Something's going on with you. Yeah. Now, again, you might say that it's mixed signals that I'm giving you. It's like, okay. Let's address that. And what do you think is happening there? Because yeah. even those mixed signals, it's still within their own brain. Because a dude typically, and this is typically, we've already made that commitment. So mm-hmm. we're already going forward. And in all honesty, and I don't know, maybe guys are different, but maybe they should, if they were thinking about backing out, maybe they should be vocalizing that. Yeah. But it's the thing about the mixed signals that you guys read so much into it. That it's hard because it's like... Well, sometimes a conversation can totally squash that. You know what I mean? It, it could, depends. But if you ask them so many times, because <laughs> yeah, they well, ask a lot. Yeah. And that's just an observation that I made. It's like, okay. I don't know if that happens so much in real life. I think this, and we've talked about this before, it's like you don't really know these people. How do you really trust someone in a few days? You're going to be more unsure. 
it's not fair for us to be like, oh my God, I can't believe they're asking again. <laughs> like, but well, this yeah. isn't, but it's just really fast and you don't know this person. You don't know well, where their head is I would at. just be interested, yeah. right? As, as we go forward and we, we talk about the next episode, right? Uh-huh. Um, what if the guys were doing that a lot? Would the women be genuinely, would they tell them for real if they had reservations? If a guy were saying, do you still want to marry me? Mm-hmm. And would, would a girl, if they had reservations, would they even say it? I feel like I probably would, but I'm a little bit more honest about that kind of stuff because, you know. <laughs> Depeche Mode, man, and the policy of truth. <laughs> I'm telling you, listen to that song. <laughs> Depeche Mode, Policy of Truth. I, I listen to that song sometimes and I'm like, what are you trying to tell me, Depeche Mode? But anyways, it's it's an observation. It was a good conversation. Um, this was a interesting. The honeymoon is always nice because they're getting to know each other. Yeah. They're supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be romantic. But like anything else, there's a lot of drama that goes on. Yeah, and, juicy. And yeah, you just can't get around it. But, mm-hmm. you know, again, I wish them all luck. We'll see yeah. how this whole thing turns out. But um, yeah. Until until the next time, till we do episode. What's the next episode? Four, four, four yeah. Mm-hmm. Episode four. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be juicy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next time. Bye. Bye.